transitioning into this new role, this new position with new expectations, it is hard. And I said at the start, something I really struggled with is wanting to show people that I could do it. Like you put me in this role and I can do it. Um, But your leaders don't necessarily expect you to know how to do it straight away. Hi, I'm Hannah. And together with Steph, we started Wiser to help people understand their why, become wiser and thrive in their careers. So here we are with the Get Wiser podcast. Enjoy. Hannah, tell us why we're here today. Uh, We're here today to talk about navigating the transition and overcoming new challenges as a new manager in a new role. So best place for us to start is to talk about setting the scene and really understanding what that transition looks like. So how do you think you would discuss the significance, I guess, of transitioning into a managerial role? I guess the transition is something that people do need to navigate. It's a weird one because, you know, if I think about my industry, you finish you on the 30th of June, you are one title, and on 1 July, literally the next day, you're a new title with new expectations, new requirements, and a new way that you're meant to do things. So. I think acknowledging that it is a transition is a really important place to start. Agreed. I think as well, it's, you know, sometimes people are promoted into a new role because they are exceptionally high performers and there's an opportunity for their development and growth. And then other times they're promoted into a new new role because there's a gap in the org chart or however that looks like. And there's a need to fill that gap. And so perhaps someone's not quite ready or they're excelling in their role and that's why they move into it. But again, like in in every industry and whatever situation it is, it is always a transition period and it comes with a lot of challenges. Yeah, it definitely does. It's really common to be in a role, the, typically the role before you're a manager or have manager in your title and you're like, you're in that role and you're killing it and you're excelling and you're exceeding expectations. And then all of a sudden you have manager in your title and previously what was exceeding expectations and killing it is actually now your new bare minimum basic requirement of being a manager. So that in itself is pretty challenging because you're kind of in this no man's land of like, oh God, like what am I doing now? You still have aspects of your old role. You still need to know all that information and you know how to do that job. But now you're transitioning into this phase of less doing and more managing. And I know like for me personally, that was something I really struggled with because I was really comfortable doing the doing. And then all of a sudden you have to do the doing, but less. You have to do the managing, but more. And it's not necessarily just managing clients. It's managing people. It's managing budgets. It's managing lots of different things. So it can be a bit of like a shell shock really when you go from the doing to managing people. Like as an example, you know, one huge challenge is that you go from having your friends and your peers and you can end up in a situation where all of a sudden you now have to manage your friends and your peers. And that's a pretty big challenge. Definitely. I think there's a couple of things in there. So first of all, what I'm hearing is, you know, you're coming into that new position and you've gone from being an expert, like in your current role, to being a learner. And that can be quite a transition. You're also going from being solely responsible for your own doing and your own deliverables and what that looks like 
and being accountable for that and now being accountable for others doing and making sure you're leading them to their success. And then the other transition is that sort of that moving up the org chart or however you want to explain that and then going from, say, peers or friends because you do build like really solid friendships at work to now leading and being accountable for their performance, which often is going to include at some point performance conversations, feedback conversations, so being able to establish and set boundaries in that space while still nurturing a friendship but being knowing how to sort of switch that, make that switch to, okay, you know, manage a hat on now, like this is what I need from you. And then also being able mm. to be someone that they can confide in and that sort of space, but in a different landscape because the, the paradigm has shifted. Yeah. And just back to the first thing you said about going from being the expert to learning. And that's a really interesting one because you go from being the expert with all this confidence to learning, but you're now a manager. So a big part of you wants to prove that you can do it look at me, I'm doing it. I can, I can be the expert. I can be the manager. I can, you know, put the hats on and off. And what can happen is you get, you know, a little bit too proud to ask for help because you're so busy showing like, yeah, you put me in this role and yes, I'm doing it. So that's like, a that's a really interesting one to start with, like, and probably one of the biggest challenges. And I know on reflection, I at times was definitely guilty of that. No, like I don't need help. I can do it. I can show you I can do it. And then, you know, the more senior you get into your management journey and then you start looking at new managers and you see the same thing happening and it just, it's not something you appreciate until you're further down the line. It's also like the more you know, the less you realise that you know, right? So you're, you're like, okay, I know more now about this role and I'm understanding that there's actually less that I know. And in that space, it's, you know, where I've tried to lean into as a manager and managers that I've really respected, they, you know, you're on a call or you're asking questions and they don't know the answer. I've seen managers fudge their way through it and, you know, look a bit stupid, to be completely honest. And then I've seen managers and also I like tried to really be in the practice in this and not always got it right, but say, hey, look, I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm going to commit to finding out and I'll let you know by X. And in that you're actually showing, you know, that, that human aspect and, you know, building empathy and trust. And then by committing to finding out that information, getting back to someone by X date, you're also establishing trust because you're doing what you say you're going to do, right? They're all really important, even though we're not specifically talking about the qualities of a manager, Mm. they're all really important qualities. And it's funny how like the things that people that our challenges are actually the important qualities. That's 2020, you only have the benefit (laughs) after the fact. But one thing you wish you could teach people, acknowledging that sometimes people have to go down the path to learn, but instilling that like being a manager is effectively being a bit of a problem solver. Oh, 100%. Whether it's a client-specific problem, whether it's a you know, a workflow problem or a people problem, you're just constantly finding ways to work out problems. And so there's real power in when there is a problem or a situation, pausing and saying, okay, I actually don't have an immediate answer. Let me come back to you. Let me work it out. And that's really important because what you learn is that there's two concepts of being at 
cause or at effect. And as a manager, you have to learn to not be reactive and not you not offer up a solution straight away when you don't know because you're just reacting rather than taking some more time thinking about it, having a considered solution to a situation. I completely agree. And also, I mean, not that we're going to dive into what qualities make a good manager today, but it's that piece of, you know, when does someone that you're leading require a solution? And when do they just require someone to listen to them and like hear their problems and understanding when both of those things apply. And I guess that sort of segues us into, you know, the importance of clarifying the roles and expectations as a new manager and what that looks like and strategies for, you know, opening up that communication line. Like how, how do you think that that plays out? Yeah, that's a really important thing as a new manager and it's appreciating the communication piece and whether that's a communication piece with people that now report to you or a communication piece with the people that you now report to. Because whilst you need to educate people on your expectations of them, you also need to understand what the people you report into, what their expectations are of you in your new role. And where have you seen success or seen that be set up really well? If I use me as an example. Always a great example. (laughs) Sometimes yes, sometimes no. (laughs) Like something for me that I think I was good at was communication because I think I have a bit of a fear of disappointing people. So I always tried to probably over-communicate to understand. And part of that, I don't, I probably wasn't always like that, but I just never wanted a situation where I wasn't doing what was expected of me and I hadn't asked and someone hadn't told me. So I kind of made it my personal mission to always be really clear on what I was meant to be doing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that, I don't know if that answers your question specifically. I mean, it's, I don't know if it does. I actually can't remember my question anymore, but it does touch on, you know, exactly what we're talking about around clarifying roles and expectations and, you're completely right it's like it is that like two-way flow so making sure that you're setting really clear expectations for people that report into you and you're also really clear on what's expected of you so you can you know see success on both sides of the spectrum so when we're talking about building relationships establishing trust off the back of you know having really clear expectations for both a person that's reporting to you a person you're reporting to how do you have any like practical tips of how you would connect with team members um, in those instances? Before tips, I think it's really important to understand the notion of trust in this new role. And becoming a manager typically means that you now are responsible for a team or responsible for building a team. And, you know, the most important thing in having a team is, is making sure that they trust you. And, Also, a really important part of being a manager is that the people that you report to trust you as well. And so an example of trust is when you're in that manager role, you start to become aware of bigger picture business things that can't always be communicated to your peers. Previously to you being in this role, you guys are at the same level. You always had open communication, but now you're a manager, you're privy to more information. 
And so that becomes a really important part of trust on both angles. So having having trust with the people you report to, that you are going to keep that information under wraps, but also having trust with the people that report to you that you're going to give them enough to understand the situation but not cross that line. Yeah. It's it's a quite a not a complex filter system, but it's understanding which information they need to be successful. And, you know, like being able to say, yep, this is actually going to help them in their role and this is actually not something that they need to worry about or, you know, concern them with or it's not, you know, within their um, pay grade, so to speak, of like need-to-know basis. Yeah. Um, And it's really funny because before you – I remember before I was a manager, like you think you want to know what's going on or you think you know what's going on, but you actually never do. No, And it's not until you become a manager that you start working out, like giving enough or communicating enough so your team members aren't distracted by what they think is going on. It's, I mean, and that too, it's like, you know, I've been in situations where perhaps I've known too much and been like, oh, I actually don't know if I want to know this because then, you know, like bits of information and thoughts and beliefs start to sort of play into it. And it's like, actually kind of wish I didn't know that. Um, and understanding what's relevant to your role and, you know, then, but then it's also if, if enough isn't shared, people start to make assumptions. And my dad always said to assume is to make an ass out of you and me and an ass it does make, because then you start to, you know, see things that aren't actually there and it, it can distract you from your path to success. And also it's, it doesn't help it play into that trust piece either. I guess it's it's still, you know, in any dynamic, you know, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, whether it's like with a family member, trust trust is so important. And in this dynamic, even more so because you're not, there's not that there's an obligation in other circumstances, but, you know, this is like a relationship outside of where you're choosing. You know, sometimes you're inheriting a team or, you know, you have, you, you don't choose your manager. So it's, building trust in an instance where it's, you know, these are the circumstances and to be successful, we need to build trust. We could do a whole episode on trust. <laughs> so, I mean, in that, what what are maybe like two key uh, communication pieces that you use to sort of help establish trust in that new relationship or new manager, managee relationship? One for me, I think is... You might be in a different role with different responsibilities and different pressures, but communicate like you're just two humans. Yeah. Um, because you need to communicate respectfully so that you are communicated with respectfully. I think at the end of the day, it's just having that sort of like insight or, you know, belief that everyone's out here just trying to do the best that they can with the best tools that they have. And, you know, it's always with the best of intention. I think for me in that piece, it's, you know, that, that act of listening and um, really, you know, considering when someone's sharing with you, whether it be like either of either of those groups of people, but, you know, really listening to understand and not to respond. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all been in situations where someone's sharing a story and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And thinking about your own personal anecdote that you can add to that and layer in. Whereas when you're in that space, you're you're missing key things that people are saying. And sometimes, you know, part of listening is listening for what's not being said just as much as what is being said. And so really being in that like present uh, moment so you can listen to understand and not to share your point of view. 
um, I think that that, that's definitely like such a valuable piece in that. Yeah. And just on that, like going back to the start, talking about challenges that you face in this transition period. And it's exactly that, like transitioning from someone telling you something and you adding in how it's relevant to you to moving into a coaching and mentoring persona because that's a really big part of managing people is coaching and using a coaching approach rather than a, well, this was my experience Um, because often in those situations, uh, you know, to build trust with people that now report to you, they want to feel, they want to feel heard, not like, oh, you think you've got it bad. Oh, it was harder for me. Oh, well, when that same thing happened to me, this is blah, 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 blah. You know, there's oh, a difference you know what, between. You know what's my, what's, sorry, what my irk is in there is when someone will share like, oh, I've got such a big workload. And then people were like, oh, well, I'm the busiest. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest pet You piece. think you're busy. Oh, yeah. no. Ick. <laughs> so I guess in summary for um, today's episode, you know, we've sort of gone through the significance of a transition period and what that looks like and how to navigate challenges in that space and, you know, setting boundaries, building trust and what that looks like and then really understand the importance of, you know, clarifying roles and expectations, you know, what you expect of your team, what is expected of you and being really clear on that so you can be successful. And then also, you know, building trust and what that looks like and how important communication is in that piece for establishing that trust. It's probably like, you know, the biggest key takeaway. So we encourage our listeners today to, you know, apply what you've learned from this and try it out in your week this week. And if you've got any questions, definitely reach out and we encourage you to share your experiences and share your own challenges that you've come up with. And maybe it's something we'll chat on in another podcast episode. Hmm. Coming to you next week. (laughs) Coming to you next week. And just one other thing to add, uh, transitioning into this new role, this new position with new expectations, it is hard. And I said at the start, something I really struggled with is wanting to show people that I could do it. Like you put me in this role and I can do it, Yeah. Um, but your leaders don't necessarily expect you to know how to do it straight away and don't be too proud to ask for help. Never, never. Well, uh, Steph and I are notorious for dragging out a goodbye, so we're going to keep it short and sweet today. Thanks for tuning in. Bye now. Bye now.